Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from two places on the internet. We are coming to you live from Crowdcast, and we're also simulcasting over on YouTube. Hello to everybody on YouTube. Now, if you are watching on Crowdcast, please draw the question in the Ask a Question box. Also, feel free to vote them up because that sorts them effectively so we can look through them and maybe that's going to pay off at some quizzes. For God's sake, sort them effectively. <laughs> that's, the one our, that's our watchword, and we've been doing this show mm-hmm. for 14 years. We've always said sort them effectively when yeah. it comes to your questions. Uh, now, if you are watching over on YouTube, I am keeping one eye on it. Daniel Oliveris, thank you for saying Wahapis. Also, please never say that again. Say uh, it. Yes. But we are going to read your comments. Uh, we only, we will go back and forth between those. Also, we have a bunch of guests that are going to be on the show in a moment, but there's something I want to get all out of the way up top. I want to talk about. Uh, this oh, is boy. A big kind That's of exciting. Well, I've been uh, really touched by this. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, we've been doing the show live to the internet. We do it every Tuesday at 7 p.m. And sure I've is. noticed something happening here in New York every Tuesday when we start the show at 7 p.m. People just start clapping all over the city for us as they welcome us into doing comic book club it's really amazing those are the fans those are the fans no that's not how that works pete do you not get that in philly or you're not getting the the clapping for comic book club out there uh it's for essential workers and people who are putting their lives on the line that's what it's for Oh, as, like us. <laughs> as Pete's Punisher Slippers says here, CBC is essential. I, Ooh, I thanks, Pete's Punisher Slippers. Yeah, I I do actually have one other thing that I don't have to mention. Uh, you guys oh, know this, boy. but I'll mention to anybody listening to the podcast at home or, of course, watching us live here. Uh, this is actually my, and this is true, uh, this is my mother's 70th birthday today. Oh, happy oh. birthday, Mama's yes. house. One of our biggest I and she is Pete's Punisher slippers in the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She logs it every week and she razzes us real hard. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so she sent an email yesterday saying, Hey, we're going to do a Zoom happy birthday thing at like seven o'clock. And I was like, Hey, I have a show. And we were like, They were like, Yeah, we know. So <laughs> they don't give a fuck about your schedule. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, they don't care. Uh, but they are going to be doing the Zoom chat at seven. So at some point, and this is going to go totally smoothly. I'm very excited about this, but totally smoothly. Right over here, I don't. You probably can't see it on the camera, no, but right over here, this way, okay, there is go. the That's door to my wow. bedroom, which I'm sitting right next to. My wife's going to knock Smart. on the door and come in here with the Zoom chat. And if it's cool with you guys, I'd love to sing "Happy Birthday" to my mom from oh, video oh, to video. Does that sound good? That's this great. Is super adorable. We get to see you sing to your mommy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I, Thanks for saying that speak way. Speak to your mommy. <laughs> and I, sorry, I should say it's it's the anniversary of when my dog married my cat. 
I have a a separate Zoom channel over here, and I'm going to be singing a a very emotional uh, Italian song that they've asked me to sing. (laughs) It's sort of they're like Lady and a Tramp, but like cross species. Yeah. Oh, I gotta say, it's funny. uh, When my mom turned sixty, I was like, "Mom, sixty is big, but seventy is going to be even bigger. What do you want to do?" And she's like, "Ah." I would love to be trapped inside for a month and have a comic book talk show sing to me on Zoom uh, wow, over the internet. Wow. So this is great. Uh, while a dog and cat wedding is going on. So this is all it's coming not together. The, Alex, it's not their wedding. It's their anniversary. And yes, they oh. are renewing, they're renewing their vows, or as we call wow. them, their vows. Um, uh, bow wows. Uh, they, uh, so <laughs> um, it just let's keep in mind that both of these events are equally important. Yes, of <laughs> course. Of course. Speaking we'll of important events. I can't believe you haven't noticed and commented on the Tom Selleck mustache that I grew this week. That is true. <laughs> that is not a mustache. You it look is, like it you is. Some, don't go like this. It makes it look like you're going to do the Hitler stash. Don't do that. No, I'm not. I'm very much not doing it. It's a full So this mouth. is because we like should establish last week on the show, uh, one of our commenters said that you kind of looked uh, like Tom Selleck a little bit. Uh, somebody yeah. else uh, in the YouTube comments, I think I'm reading, says you look like Hitler. So maybe you want to try that next week. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Uh, thank you uh, for, for those compliments, those equally n- not fucked up compliments. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, guys, I think it's time to intro our first guest on the show. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah. This is a writer. We had him back on our live show when we were allowed to all be on por- in person and all mm. see each other and touch each other and love each other. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tomasa Tedesco. Hey. Hello there. Good to see you guys yep. again. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yes, we can hear yeah. you great. This is all working out well. Uh, so, Tommaso, uh, you wrote a book, uh, and you came on the show previously to talk about science and faith, uh, which is a very different, very interesting comic book project. This is, relatively speaking to that, a little more straightforward, but you have a book called Genu. Uh, that is being printed through Markovia. Uh, it came out the last year. Volume two is out in a few months of five planned volumes. Even though it's a much more straightforward sci-fi story, it's still a wild ride. I read the first issue of it. <laughs> um, what can you tell us? What was the pitch for the book? Yeah, thanks a lot. It's, uh, first of all, I hope you guys remember my Italian accent and you can yes. decipher what it's perfect. <laughs> That's, uh, a moment ago, I mentioned singing an Italian song and it was directly inspired by your upcoming accent. Oh, oh great. You, do, you guys have, do you have any kind of Italian blood in, in your family? Uh, no, but everyone always assumes I'm Italian. I don't know why uh-huh. that is. Which is a good thing. It is a good thing. I take it. I've also have had people in on the streets of New York come up and just speak Greek to me as if they're so sure I'm Greek that they can speak Greek. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. My family's mostly from Canada. <laughs> uh, but well, you, um, you do talk with your hands a lot, Justin. I think that's why at least the Italian thing, mm-hmm. you know. It helps a lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, you are right. There's uh, This project is it couldn't be more different from the last one that, that we discussed together, which is Science and Faith. And uh, we were kind of joking last time that's probably one of the most uh, unmarketable <laughs> type of books yeah. <laughs> because it's it's so it was a non-fictional thing and uh, it was my personal project. This time it's, uh, it's three of us, three old friends who wrote the story with the purpose of making it as fun and intriguing and engaging as possible. Um, and, and so it, it 
it's a complete uh, different goal and different uh, type of uh, um, process. But uh, at the same time, um, you're right, it's kind of a wild ride because uh, one main mantra from the very beginning for us has been, okay, we brainstorm, we kill ideas, we green light ideas, but anything that is even slightly um, derivative or even slightly non-original, it sounds like this or that or that, we bin it immediately. So That's great. That, you know, that makes it a little bit more challenging because there's a lot of stuff that, that you can think of which is derivative. <laughs> but but um, uh, I hope we, we did a good job with the story. And it's also um, peculiar, I, I guess, to write in three people. It's, it's not something that I, I heard about a lot. So what do you do? You alternate words, right? Like you do one word, two words, yeah. three words, and just kind of go that way. I'm in, char- I'm in charge. I'm in charge of the first word of each paragraph. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great pick. Really kick it off, right? Well, so it is. It's a sci-fi epic. It's set on Mercury, is the planet at least partially, right? For part of it, uh, and things get even weirder from there. There's a bunch of people walking outside. They encounter a being. This is at least in the first issue. Uh, end up on Earth. There's a lot of other things going on on Earth. Where? Do, what is the elevator pitch? Is there an elevator pitch for this book? <laughs> um, we sweated a lot to create. A- uh, an elevator pitch because the story is so complex, right? So <clears throat> in order to make it quick and digestible, um, you could say that it's a story about three main characters who are um, colonists on Mercury uh, in the year 2125. And uh, um, the what happens on Mercury, there's a terrible accident. They survive it. You, you've seen it, so I mean, you know what I'm talking about. There's a yeah. um, uh, sorry, I was just it. reacting to uh, you said what happens, and Pete perked up because he has this terrible catchphrase. Well, I can't believe you're inter- interrupting the interview. I saw your part. face, yeah, was- and then I reacted to your face. <laughs> oh, now he's it's a whole thing. This, yeah. is, this is why we usually do the live show with shrouds over our faces, yeah. yeah so nobody can our expressions are. Yeah, we're but, sorry, go ahead. Um, so anyway, that's that's the um, the beginning, the the, the, uh, the beginning mystery of intrigue. Like you said, these three people who are not connected with each other, they're not related to each other. They're just colonists. One woman, a, a, a black woman, a white guy around thirty five years of age, and uh, a boy of twelve years old, um, whose name is M Seven because he's the seventh human being born on Mercury. Um, and uh, oh, and he's uh, you know the he is kind of you could say the heart of the whole story this boy because as they um, get saved by the, the accident and and transported to Earth by a being let's call it a creature who looks like a woman uh, but we still don't know who she is exactly um, they find themselves on Earth, on the Earth and they realize quickly that. The boy M7, he is not doing well. His body is not um, reacting well to the Earth's gravity, magnetism, and mm-hmm. all those things, and he's feeling really badly. So their purpose becomes to get back, to get back as soon as possible. That's sure. Uh, sure. Uh, their purpose. Yeah. Um, in the background, there is our kind of high concept, and that's where the scientist in the writing team uh, came in with his. Um, very important uh, input. His name is Giulio Tomasi. 
Um, and, and then the third one is Alex Franquelli. Uh, part of the complication of writing is that we are in Los Angeles myself, in Boston, Julio, and in London, Alessandro. Oh, wow. I, I think they're all linked up in the chat. A lot of time differences. Um, but in, uh, in the case of, <laughs> I just saw this question, how do you handle multiple birds? M 9A and M9B. That's uh, <laughs> great to consider that. <laughs> Just um, change the whole direction of your book. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. And so we we really had um, to think about uh, proper, plausible scientific ideas. Uh, and Julio, who is a scientist, he is, um, you know, he's in Cambridge and he's a neuroscientist with his PhD. Mm. He's, he's written science papers. This is the first... Uh, fictional thing he writes pretty good um, school cambridge yeah i hear so I, i'm not <laughs> sure but um they you know he was the one keeping us honest and so we would blurt out ideas and he would be like oh very funny no this is not gonna <laughs> work <laughs> and uh, and that's been you know a great input on the other hand the third writer is alex who is in london and uh, he works in the media and, in, and entertainment industry so it's been a really um, complex uh, uh, chemistry between the three of us because uh, we are very different from professional choices, careers, and from personality as well. So it's been very interesting for that country. Uh, now, something that we've been talking about a lot, uh, particularly here at the top of the show, and I'm sure everybody is talking about this, but uh, certainly there's a lot of discussion about like Marvel and DC and what's happening with Diamond, the big comic book companies. Uh, but at the same time, not even necessarily in the background, but at the same time, a lot of smaller comic book companies are still trucking along. People still need to do work. They need to get out books. So what has your experience been like during this time creating comic books? Yeah. Well, being a, an independent uh, book creator team, creative team, um, we we don't have a lot of experience, and so we relied a lot on our publisher, Marcosia. The the founder and the owner of the company is is a, is a British. It's one of the leading graphic novel um, uh, British publishing companies. And uh, uh, Harry Marcos, who is uh, the the founder, he's been working in the industry for almost 20 years, I believe, if not more. Uh, he's been our guiding light in this period. And so when we heard about Diamond, we started panicking because we know about the publishing um, sure. date. But, but uh, he kind of reassured us that uh, his distribution channels do not depend on Diamond. They are different ones. And uh, I... I don't know exactly how they work, maybe because he's in the UK, but he sells in the US as well. Uh, in any case, that was a good a good point, right? A positive point because we can still we could still go ahead and, and get published. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, since the first volume is available and the second volume is coming up soon, where can people check it out? Where can they pick it up? Is there a place that they can pick it up right now, digitally or otherwise? Um, there's a diff- there are several places. Um, the you can start from Amazon, where it's already we're still available uh, to the um, UK online bookstores like Waterstones, uh, Barnes and Noble for for the US also sells it. Um, but uh, if you go on the Marcosia Marcosia.com uh, website, it lists at least a, a dozen 
of, of, of different channels where you can where you can find it. And uh, and to be clear, this book is the first volume of five. So mm-hmm. we yeah. we thought about Genu as a graphic novel originally as something pretty uh, thick in a sense because it's going to be 160 probably pages roughly um, and the publisher asked us to break it down in, in volumes which makes perfect sense and that's what we did so the the, the one that is published is the first uh, volume which is about 43 44 pages all right very yeah, cool i, I, I just oh, wanted to say uh, I understand your pain, you know, working with two people who are so completely different, you know, is a nightmare. And uh, I just want to say, I, well, I, 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 I wonder, feel your pain. I wonder how, how you can relate to that. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, in a certain sense, it's, uh, it's been a miracle because we um, originally, we, 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 the way the project started was we wanted to take, uh, do you guys know a science fiction author called Philip J. Farmer? Is uh, I think so. I think he, I know that name. He wrote the river, the river series, and other uh, interesting books. Anyway, we we started with the idea of putting one of his books uh, into a graphic novel, and the title of that book is pretty odd: is Jesus on Mars. Ah, um, which uh, which it's it's a very kind of you know brilliant fun book has nothing to do with science and faith again <laughs> it's, it's all about science fictional ideas but um, um in a few weeks we threw we threw around ideas and uh, it was completely uh different we 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 changed completely direction and uh, um we found ourselves with a completely original story in our hands mercury and africa which are so crucial in our story have nothing to do with with Philip Farmer and uh, and Jesus on Mars, so that's how he was born. Um, but uh, you know, th- there is a the reason why we want we all love science fiction. But the reason why we wanted to build a original story is that we started from an original. I think they call it high concept. I don't know exactly what that means, but the high concept yeah. is, um, is it's a concept you come up with when you're high. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I came up with a ton of them yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alex Alvin, crazy stoner. I love yeah. pie. Uh, precisely. Um, and uh, we thought about um, um, evolution and anthropology and how, uh, in fact, Julio is very much to be credited for this idea and how uh, Homo sapiens, ourselves, have been on Earth for roughly 300,000 years um, against or versus the more than 2 million years that another homo uh, genus, that hence the title genu, uh, has been on Earth, which is um, more than 2 million. And so the question was, and we were just shooting the like that, we were saying, just imagine for 2 million years being on Earth, um, what do you have the time to do as a, as a species? <laughs> Uh, and, and, and today, paleontologists and anthropologists, they, they think they know everything. They understand that uh, there's nothing better than just little carved stones that these guys were able to do. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's not true, right? Uh, and so that's the hypothesis that we built the, the story around, that the fact that Homo erectus lived for two million years on Earth and uh, he, you know, possibly uh, he was more advanced 
as a civilization than what we think today. And we found that very intriguing because we never heard it anywhere else. And we built a story around that. Cool. And it's a great story. I definitely recommend people check it out. Uh, pick up the first volume. Uh, definitely look forward to the second volume, which again, four-ish months from now, it's coming out. The second volume will be out around July. Yes. Okay. All right, cool. Well, hopefully things are all cleared up by then and we can all go and get it at a comic book shop. Uh, Also definitely pick up Science and Faith, which is a great book (laughs) as well. A little bit of of both. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Thank you, Tommaso. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you, man. Stay safe. Take care. Thank you. All right. There we go. Ooh. Pete, yeah. big reveal that you have fresh cut flowers to your right. <laughs> what's going on? I, you, yeah, what's funny. happening, Pete? Put those in the frame. Make it nice. Mm-hmm. This is not in a room, but uh, you know, we want to like wanted me to class up the joint a little bit, you know. And so you did it by putting them slightly off camera, so no one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's very sweet that she's doing that for you. Oh, yeah, do you think the flowers are going to slowly work their way into camera, pushing you off until they become the third co-host of the show? Yeah, that's yeah. right. We turn it over to the star of trivia, a, v- a vase of flowers. <laughs> Hopefully it would still be like angry flowers, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. that, those you know. look like some fucked up tulips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of fucked up tulips, here's somebody who is neither fucked up uh, nor a tulip. We're going to invite him in he's for our... He's a tulip. He's a- uh, our next guest on the show is Abraham Reisman. He is the a writer for New York Woo-hoo. Mag. Hey, culture, hey. and we're very excited to have him here to chat mm-hmm. about. Wait, I got the sound cue and everything. The stack. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Look at how you match your background. That is nice, man. A little yellow on yellow there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hi. Um, Yeah, I didn't really prepare uh, an outfit for this. I apologize. Sure, sure. You just naturally match. Not sure if this looks good or not. But you look amazing. My uh, my Jack Kirby print up here. This uh, yeah, little flexing, little flexing. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 a little. It is technically a blacklight poster. If I had a blacklight, yeah, (laughs) get loose. I, I don't know where I would even find one right now. I so. can't see anything besides your luxurious beard. That is <laughs> a new addition, and it's it. beautiful. My fiance cut it a little bit, and I can't. But you you should have seen it before, is what I'm trying to say. It was it oh. was like it was it was almost wow. at the length that it was at when I first got it in high school, and was so enchanted by the fact that I had a beard that I would grow it out so thick. Uh, that I'd be able to put three pencils in on either side and just sort of have oh, wow. them like, yes. out there. That was my, that was the only fun party trick I had in high school. Fun with uh, beards. Like a yeah, fucked fun up with beards, I know. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, taking beard. Uh, Abe, uh, very excited to have you here. Always excited to have you on the show, even if we are remote. Uh, and we are going to be chatting about this book over here, 1602, yeah. Bad Reflection. Oh, on Alex, there. pulling it off the bookshelf. Yes, there you go. I reached back with my long, stretchy arms. Uh, oh, I could almost reach it. Oh, wow, that hurts so much. Uh, I just wish also, he had a copy of it, too. 
Uh, I don't know if you were here for the top of the show, but uh, it is my mom's birthday. So at some point, you're probably going to come and sing. I hope that's okay with you. I hope you. I, you know what? You'll take me back to my days of of vocal lessons when I was a teenager. I I gave that all up, but I'll come out of retirement for you. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I love it. Uh, Now, your mom's going to love this. (laughs) <laughs> this, is, this is right up her alley you know what i spent i want to say conservatively an hour and a half the other day explaining just how to post a picture on instagram so she'll get ah, this okay. i was a steep hill okay. into jumping into <laughs> yeah i don't know here. if this is gonna happen dude <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens uh now what we've been doing on the stack for the past couple of weeks is we've been having some of our favorite guests on like you abe and asking them classic graphic novels classic series that they want to talk about you suggested 1602 which i was very excited to talk about but I'm yeah. curious to hear from you. Why did that jump to your mind? What was it's it about so that funny. book? Well, I'll, I'll be completely honest. You were mentioning classics. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, it's, what's something that I could find interesting to discuss that isn't talked about all the time, is not so obscure that people have not read it before. Those were all factors that were playing in my head. But the big one was I'd read about half of it a month ago and then I'd put it away and was like, you know, I've been meaning to finish 1602. Might as well use this as an excuse to give myself a deadline to finish rereading. So homework thing. Yeah, a little bit. But um, yeah, I I remember reading 1602 when it came out. um, Absolutely adoring it back then. And I, I... my enthusiasm for it has dimmed somewhat, but it still does fit into one of my favorite subgenres within the superhero genre, which is um, something that also is very popular in lots of fanfic, which is this sort of like, what if we take all of the characters and put them in some historical time period? And then yeah. but like, it's not just time travel, right? Like what makes this different is it's, like trying to go, ooh, if he was born in, you know, in 1573, he'd be exactly like this. And his name would have to be changed because that's not how they talked back then. So let's find something that, that fits it in. And um, I I found that delightful then. And I still do. It's it's not Neil <laughs> greatest work. I, I It's funny. You know, Neil, you'll, you may notice, I don't know if you know this backstory, but uh, you may notice there's uh, the dedication is to Todd for making this necessary. The the story goes, and I have not asked Neil about this, so I, I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but the story that's been told is that um, in the midst of Todd McFarlane's legal battle with Neil Gaiman over the rights to Miracle Man, uh, the yes. character that Alan Moore had revamped, which was just in like legal hell, and Todd had a claim on it, um, Neil set up this company called Marbles and Miracles Limited or LLC or something that was just dedicated to getting the rights back and he needed to fund the legal case. So he and Marvel worked out a deal where they did 1602, a book that, again, if this story is true, which I can't prove it is, was just sort of like Neil Gaiman going like, I need a quick paycheck so I (laughs) I can fund my legal war against Todd McFarlane, the most vindictive man in comics. And uh, it really so, takes the wind out of the sails to hear that. <laughs> no, the, no, I lo- no. But what I love, are you kidding me? No, no, no. Just because somebody is saying something is doing something for a paycheck doesn't mean it can't be completely delightful. You know, <laughs> like just because yeah. it was not intended as his masterwork doesn't mean we can't find a lot to love in it. So, I mean, I could ramble all day about 1602, but I'm curious, had, had all of you read it when it came out? Uh, well, actually, here's my quick story about 1602. 
before I get to it, I do want to establish for those of you who haven't read 1602 before. First of oh, all, we'll, sorry, yeah, no, 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 it's totally fine. First of all, we'll probably spoil stuff that is going to happen in the book. Yeah. It came out, you know, 16 or so years ago. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's by Neil Gaiman. Uh, the art is by Andy Kubert. And then there was, uh, oh, I wrote a, a digitally painted by Richard Eisenhoff. And then there were scratchboard Ooh. covers by Scott McCowan, uh, which are awesome throughout. And the basic concept of the book, which you mentioned before, Abe, is what if all the original Marvel characters, the the original Fantastic Four, uh, Nick Fury, Peter Parker, and everybody. Yeah, all of those uh, characters that existed at the dawn of the Marvel Comics superhero age were all in the 1600s, specifically 1602, when they were starting to travel to the New World and uh, the Queen yeah, is about to yeah, die. Yeah, Queen Elizabeth dies and is replaced by James of James the sixth, sixth and first, the sixth James of Scotland and the first of England. But yeah. Uh, Now the thing that we should also mention about it, and this is a comment over on YouTube. uh, Radlam says 1602 was a great book until the midway twist kind of ruined the rest for me. Uh, I'll mention the twist, put it on earmuffs. So you don't want to hear it. Uh, But the thing (laughs) is it starts as like this very, what if elseworlds type thing, but without being explicit about it until I think the end of the sixth issue, I want to say fifth or sixth issue, it turns out that it actually is part of the Marvel universe. And in fact, Captain America from the future has traveled back in time and broken time and caused the age of Marvels to happen much earlier. Uh, Now, I my story about this book is this the book that actually brought me back into comics. And what I mean by that, yeah, is that... I, and I've talked about this on the show a lot, but like I've sure for a while that I, sorry, Pete, that you've been here for every show. Not everybody has. <laughs> uh, there was a while when I was pretending I didn't read comics where like, I'd just be like, oh, I'm just going to kill time at this comic book store and read these comics. And I loved Sandman and I knew this was coming out, but I didn't read the individual issues. And then when the trade came out, I remember going into Forbidden Planet and like standing there for a while, looking at it, being like, I really want to read this and I really want to get yeah, this. But if I get this, I swear to God, like standing there for 10 minutes, being like, if I get this, it's all over. Like it's just, it's happening again. I'm going to get Welcome this. I'm going to get other things. And just come back. Hell. And so this is uh, among other things, but like this is the comic that got me legitimately buying comics again. And that's why I'm here right now. Wow. Nice. There you go. Say it like it's a prison sentence. (laughs) um, We're all in little boxes right now, Justin. Uh, That's true. 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 I'm in a basement. Uh, But I really enjoyed it. And I will say I enjoyed the twist and particularly on the second reading, like the fact that it made it not just this Elseworld story, but feel more relevant to the overall tapestry of the Marvel Universe. I think that's very cool and very surprising, particularly because uh, the first time through, I had no idea. The The character is called uh, Rajas, It's but it's spelled yeah. R-O-H-J-A-Z. Yeah. And so in my mind, it was like, oh, it's Rojas. I gave this to my wife to read before the show uh, and she read it and she was also completely surprised because she also read it as Rojas instead of Rogers. So I feel like there is, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't insult you, but no, no, no. Either we're very stupid or it's a good twist. One of the two. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's a a great hiding in plain sight moment that I think plays really well in the, in the read, I think. Sure. It's, it's so weird that there's like, Oh, look at this. uh, Nate, dude and he's giant blonde blue-eyed 
but it, it's sort of they full uh, Neil Gaiman folded in so nicely that it just felt like I feel because I I don't didn't get it I wasn't ahead of it until uh, until they revealed it until it was revealed. I um, didn't I, when I originally read it I didn't see coming that it would be you know this sort of kind of part of uh, Marvel six one six universe thing, um, but I definitely was like oh okay well so like America and like Captain America I didn't see the twist coming but like. Abe is maybe like frozen this. for a little bit. We'll see if he can. Oh, there you are. You're there back. he is. Am I back? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. You froze for just a tiny little bit. Uh, but Pete, there was something you wanted to say. You've been raising your hand a yeah, bunch. Go What's going on? Yeah, well, uh, what was interesting, like revisiting this book, I mean, I still have the same feelings when I read it now as I did the first time. But uh, what I was interested to learn Which was what? That, Which are what, Pete? What are your feelings? I, I, I didn't feel like this was, I was like, oh, wow, oh, wow, look, the Fantastic Four's here. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh, look at this. Here's Doctor Strange. Oh, old time. What do you like? Yeah, what do you like? like? You're a little Craig. Do you like those flowers? You like those flowers? Uh, Yeah, I do. Flowers guy. So, but you asked me, I was trying to skim past this to get to the positive thing. What I was really impressed with was, but Neil Gaiman originally didn't know what to uh, like, what to write. He was kind of working on ideas after uh, apparently after nine 11, he had decided that he wanted to kind of uh, put something back in time where there weren't planes and, and guns and a lot of violence and stuff like that. So he um, went to Venice and was chilling in Venice, uh, apparently kind of on a, uh, one of those little boats, romantic boats or whatever. And kind of like the old timey boat kind of sparked this whole thing of like 1602 take it way back so i thought that was kind of cool and uh kind of reading that before i reread it made it a little bit uh more enjoyable but i just uh, overall i have a hard time when things go back in time uh you know uh not my favorite kind of place to base things but that kind of uh, made it a little bit better and the second time around like having the native american be captain america kind of got me in the feels uh you know this time around so fair enough Uh, yeah i agree like rereading this i uh for i realized i had forgotten most of it and it strikes me as it's odd how much this book is sort of a a forgotten event like it's something i feel like it's not it's like, oh, you got to check out 1602 if you're a comics fan. Or if you, Sandman, check out 1602. I wonder why that is. Well, I think, uh, I mean, he talks about that a little bit in the afterword of the collected volume where he says it didn't really get very good reviews. There was uh, one of the funnier things that he says in the back matter is he mentions like a lot of people said uh, that he wasn't writing Sandman here. And he was like, well, good. I wasn't trying to write Sandman. I was trying to write something else. And so I think there was this expectation that it would be this genre-breaking thing, and that's not what it was. Like, if anything, it was just a loving tribute to the Marvel Universe <laughs> with some really good art. Like, Andy Kubert's art and Richard yeah, Eisenhower's digital yeah. painting is great. Andy, Andy has never been better than he was uh, on 62, yeah. I think. Yeah, this... Uh, this like uh, sketching that they kind of called it or etching or whatever it was like started the kind of like origin run that Marvel did that got very popular. So this kind of like was the first go around of this kind of like digitally going in and kind of like etching it up to kind of give it a certain style. Wait, did this start before or after origin? I thought origin was before this. 
Oh, it's right around the same be, time, but yeah, yeah. Maybe the that stuff around then. Wikipedia entrance that I read about that that was wrong. <laughs> no, maybe no. you're right. Wow. I, I can't remember. Name your sources. No, no, no. Oh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia has never been wrong about anything. Come on. <laughs> Wait, is it Wikipedia? <laughs> you run Wikipedia. Or you just have facts Wicked that you believe? that I run, bro. Yeah. Wikipedia. Uh, I do want to mention this one thing, and I actually feel like. Abe, you might have brought this up on a previous show maybe years ago, and maybe I'm just imagining Ooh. that. But uh-huh. this this book has one of my favorite exchanges of all time in like Ooh. history of comics, where oh. after the Fantastic Four have gotten rescued from Doctor Doom. Oh, all- I have this literally written down as well. I yes. think as like I love this quote, so I, it, I love that about- you also have it. Yeah. So they're on the boat, and Reed Richards, who has spent a lot of time in a prison, has been able. He very casually is like, "Oh, I just kind of figured out." the mysteries of the universe it's all good and he's talking about how they're probably in a multiverse and somewhere else in the multiverse there's somebody else's story uh and anything is possible uh and the thing in a close-up panel uh says at his eyes you could just see like look sad and hopeful says reed you spoke of transmutations can you restore me to my humanity? I have been a monster too long. And Reed, in this faraway shot, as the boat sails away, says, In truth, I do not know, my friend. The natural sciences say, yes, a cure is possible. But the laws of story would suggest that no cure can last for very long, Benjamin. For in the end, alas, you are so much more interesting and satisfying as you are. I know. It's such a good, such a good line. <laughs> it's a good line. And what a... What a, it's like that's a dick thing a to say classic, to somebody. Like, there isn't that much Reed Richards in in sixteen oh two because like part of the deal is that he doesn't show up for a while. But you yeah. know w- the fact that we get such an iconically Reed Richardsy line in that where he's like, "Well, I guess I could cure you," <laughs> but <laughs> I find this much more fascinating. Yeah, well, I why appreciate you it though because most yeah. most of the time, uh, Reed Richards is like, "Yes, I'm definitely working on it," and then that's the end of the conversation. So right, at least right. he had a good, uh, <laughs> had a good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Reed yeah. Richards' to do list is like cure the thing, and he's just like, "Ah, I gotta do that." I did it for one day a year. That's good enough. Back right. to my laundry. <laughs> and it is, I mean, it's a very Neil Gaiman line as well, you know, writing yeah, a story that's talking story, about stories, yeah. but it's also just such a good, simple explanation of the cyclical nature of comics, I think, that it breaks out like the reason they keep coming back to it is it's just more satisfying that way. Yeah, that, that's right. why would you want to see the thing running around as a human? Why would you want to see Wolverine be like, I don't have claws anymore? Cool, right? You know, <laughs> this is like. It's not necessarily about the first way they were introduced, but it is about whatever the iconic thing that they've hit. That's why it keeps hitting those things. And Mm -hmm. I think that also gets a little bit to the heart of what he's doing with this book is even though they are in 1602, even though they are changed, what are the cores of these characters? And I don't know if he hits all of them completely across the board, but a lot of them really do drill down on what makes those characters work. For me, what I love is is less the sort of deep thematic analysis of what makes the characters work and more just the I'm, – I'm kind of a sucker for clever things, like even if they're not necessarily like great artistry, just stuff where you go like, ah, oh, I get it. <laughs> and there are so many little touches like that of like, you know, having the like – weird Shakespearean shout out where like Jean Grey is posing as a man and like trying to make it on this, like, you know, or, um, 
you know, the ways he, you know, like Reed Richards is, is Sir Richard Reed because like that sounds more 1602-ish or whatever. Like there's, it, it, I don't know. I, I I like all the little weird details more than I like the sort of overall like thematic scope. Yeah, yeah I, I think mean, that's what it was. It was a series of like little tricks as to like the grand gesture that so many other like uh, the canon comic book. Uh, sure, yeah, series. exactly. I mean, there were like there were really fun moments, but then for me, there was like some eye rolling stuff where it was like, oh, totally, the, yeah. And the but it was hysterical the way she was like, oh, uh, you remember my husband, and just like holds up his head. Up. That was hysterical. <laughs> yeah, Beast overall was uh, uh, like I loved his kind of wit and banter. It was real fun to see in this book. Oh, and but, I love I love how um, there's uh, for for Ben Graham. Um, they have him talking in like early 17th century, like street slang, like, you yeah. know, it wouldn't make sense for him to talk the way he does, you know, this like Jimmy Durante type thing. Um, mm-hmm. so they have him like saying stuff like Ament, you know, yeah. and like, <laughs> just like yeah. he's like a cockney like, lower yeah. class talk. Or, or like how, uh, Thor speaks in like runes cause yeah. it wouldn't make sense for him to, t- cause Right. I mean, usually he's written with this like 17th century Elizabethan English uh, dialogue. So, of course, you can't do that in 1602. So they make him sound like a a Viking uh, ballad. But I was feeling very frustrated for, you know, uh, whatever his name was, Peter Parkers or whatever the fuck. Arquois, yeah. Um, Where they were like, he was like, look, a spider. And they just killed it. (laughs) You know, it was like, oh, come on. The fucking spider bite him already. I do think though it's funny. It's funny in like classic comics fashion where you do something that I think we're agreeing that like there's some wonderful things about this. It's not quite to the level of iconic per se, but it clearly has a tone. It has an idea. It has something it's going for. And then Marvel followed up with a couple of stories which were totally fine, but that bit, that gag where it's Peter is constantly not being bit by a spider, <laughs> pretty much as soon as they got into any of the spinoffs, he's like, I'm Spider-Man, but in the new yeah. world. Yeah, whip, whip. yeah. I, I, I tried reading the, the spinoff, uh, The New World, a few years ago, and it was just, I don't know, it, it, it didn't do it for me. I couldn't finish the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, before we let you go, you're always you're working on a lot of stuff. Well, uh, I'm not working on a large quantity of stuff, right? Uh, but quality, <laughs> quality, hopefully, is very high. That's um, the spirit. Uh, the, the main thing is just I want people to check out if they're interested and pre-order my my book. I've I've written for Penguin Random House this uh, biography of Stan Lee called True oh, Believer: yes. The Rise and Fall of Stan Lee. Uh, you can learn more about it at abrahamreisman.com. Uh, and I make it so that you really can't miss it. You go to abrahamreisman.com, you will see exactly what you need to, <laughs> to learn more about the book. Um, but yeah, uh, Neil Gaiman actually gave me a big blurb for it. He, he, ah. uh, I, I, I sent, I, as a total Hail Mary, I sent my manuscript his way and uh, he found the time to read it and liked it. So anyway, that's the main uh, thing. That's I'm so right good. Uh, yeah, not as right? good as 1602, yeah. says Neil Gaiman. <laughs> nah. Uh, very much looking forward to that book. It's On the chat here, somebody wrote, wait, this is Abraham Rice, ma'am? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, it is. That's me. But um, that's anyway, him. thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's great to see you. It's always yeah. a pleasure. Okay. Have right, a good bye. Rest. Later, man.
All right. Uh, now, before we wrap up the stack, there is actually a new comic book that came out this week that we should probably uh, yes. talk about. Justin, you brought this one up. You want to introduce it here? Um, yeah, this um, book called Friday uh, came out this week up on Panel Syndicate. Um, it's by uh, Andrew Ice Baker. Cube? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, no, I could, you know, maybe yeah, may be involved. Friday. You're thinking of next Friday. Yeah. Or Friday uh, after. <laughs> yeah, good. All good. equally great movies, as everyone agrees. Um, this is uh, written by Ed Brubaker, drawn by Marcos Martin. It's um, it's on um, this uh, Martin, perhaps. It's on this site where you pay. Thanks. Man. Keep correct. Keep correcting me as much as possible. Yeah, just keep jumping in. And if you can get as close to the camera as possible, real <laughs> please your face. Are those flowers pushing into your head? Is that why you're holding the camera? So close? Um, it is. Uh, it's on panel syndicate. You can pay whatever you want to download it. So that's good. Support your um, comic book artists. And- Wait, how much did you pay? Did you do like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks? Yeah. Um, what did you give them? $300? $10,000. Uh, <laughs> the you're normal a fee. Ed Brubaker was like, Oh, I'm rich. Finally. Yeah. 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 Finally. Um, I threw in five. I threw in a fiver for the okay. book. That's good. Five bucks. Yeah. Well, you don't know Pete. Just know. What do you? What do you? Wait, more or less? What are you getting at? Oh, I'm better than that? more. Yeah, you're better. What did you pay for it? Well, you sent me a copy. I didn't. <laughs> um, oh, okay, more. cool. Uh, great, great, uh, great, great. This book is really good. So this, this book is, is very good. Yeah, it's it's kind of a combo of. Well, a couple of things that we don't completely know yet, as he talks about a little bit in the note at the end. But there's certainly a sense of like. Oh my god! I wanted to say Nancy Drew, but he actually calls out another uh, teen girl detective story. He he described it as kind of like why a but past that, uh, and he realizes yeah. that's adult, but also he knows you know what he means. Uh, there's yeah. a Lovecraft influences in there a little bit. There's some weird mystery stuff. Uh, it's also very Raymond Chandler in terms of the narration where it's a girl who used to be the girl detective heads back to town and immediately gets embroiled in a weird mystery. Um, as usual, Marcos Martin's art is so oh, fantastic. Okay. So, so good. Um, uh, it is surprising to me that Brubaker said, this was the first story he thought of for Marcos Martin, because it seems, at least right now, much more ground level than you might expect from him. Yeah, I mean, you might expect uh, Marcos Martin to do a bunch of like aerial uh, tricks, stunts, like wild mask work, um, like some of his other stuff on Panel Syndicate. But I don't know. I really like the sort of down to like small town noir and aging child detectives is such a fun to play in so they can make it creepy at turns creepy but also very mundane and uh i i love i love the mix of that the um the uh the tech detective that um ed Brubaker is referencing is harriet the spy i think mm, yeah. uh-huh. um right. as his favorite uh detective um so that definitely tracks here with this and it feels like it's going to be um this main character coming to terms with uh ship with her counterpart while also dealing with some fucked up stuff. What I really like is um, not only is the art fantastic, but like they draw the main character, uh, this girl Friday, I believe her name is, is like um, in this way that makes her like so awesome, uh, so relatable. So like 
just the way she's drawn and kind of like the way she holds herself is this kind of cool combination of like confident, but shy. Like it, it, it really gives her a lot of personality and, and she kind of really pops off the page in such a great way that you immediately are kind of like drawn to this character. And, uh, and, and so much is kind of done with the art without kind of saying much about who she is and what she's about. And I just really was impressed with like how kind of drawn I was to this character, how great it kind of all seemed. This is a really solid idea and book. I'm very excited for this. Uh, this is uh, over on YouTube. Christian Becker says, ooh, an honor system subscription service. And yes, that is what Panel Syndicate is. It started with Paper Girls, right? From Brian K. Vaughn. And uh, is that no. right? No, no, it started with... Oh, um, no, the one with the... Yes, uh, where everyone wears masks in the near future. Right. It was called I, the um, something yeah, I. But it was Brian K. Vaughan and Marcos Martin. Oh, Private Eye. Private, private Eye, private the eye. Private Eye. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, you can go over there. You can get some great comics. Uh, it's funny. I was reading. There was a nice uh, conversation on the AV Club today where they were talking about the future of comics and if comics have a future. And Paddle said they uh, Paddle Syndicate came up a little bit, uh, and they were saying, I think rightly so, that part of the reason the honor system thing works is because you know you're getting an Ed Brubaker or Marti- Marcos Martin book, or you know yes. you're getting a Brian K. Vaughn book, so you know what you're getting going in. So it makes it a little easier to make the money off of that, but uh, the stuff on Paddle Syndicate is well worth it, I think. Yeah, and there's such a place for all of the the writers and artists that work on that site. So it definitely makes sense. Like I got on there, and I was like, yes, I want to support them. Since I have to support um, them for my friend Pete, also since he's just cribbing <laughs> off me and his. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I would have known you were going to be such a cheap bastard, I would have paid money too. But I thought maybe you know, <laughs> you're you such a jerk. Go to a bar, you throw money around. You're a boss, but when it comes to comics, you're like, oh, I'm gonna only five dollars. That's. <laughs> Okay, well, I don't have this fresh cut flower budget that you're clearly. Well, plus not, yeah, you, gotta, you obviously have a, ce- a ceiling fan that's always spinning. I can't imagine your electric bill. Um, so you're uh, you're a big wheel over there. In the oh, there it is. <laughs> you can still buy it, Pete. You can still buy it, Pete. Come oh, on, do it. Um, ahead, all right, and that is it for the stats. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now it is time for my favorite section because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. Yeah. And for your audience questions, here's how we're going to do this. If you're over on Crowdcast, go and drop your question in Ask a Question. If you are on YouTube, I'm just going to take a look over there and read off some questions. Uh, And we'll actually start with one of those uh, just because this is about to disappear. But the big over on YouTube says, love you guys. Have you guys ever thought about doing a Doom Patrol podcast? Um, We do a bunch of TV podcasts we love Doom Patrol. I think that's one that just kind of like we missed in the first run or came late to. Um, but maybe. I mean, the second season is going to be coming out on DC Universe and HBO Max at some point in the future, probably this fall or winter or something like that. Yeah. Who knows with TV schedules. Uh, Pete, you've watched Doom Patrol, right? Oh, man. I love Doom Patrol. I can't wait for the next iteration. Um, I'm. Uh, really liking DC Universe. Um, there's a lot of great stuff on there to kind of get lost in uh, when you got some free time. Yeah, what have you been checking out now that you have a subscription to that? Uh, binge watch all of Harley Quinn. Uh, watch the first Batman. Um, 
uh, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of like great DC TV uh, shows and like movies, like the animated series to go back and watch. I've watched Batman Superman, which is great. I love the one where Batman asks, uh, goes on a date with Lois, uh, takes Clark's lady out. <laughs> Ballsy, oh, Ballsy that's the kind of stuff that really drives you crazy, Pete. Yeah, yeah. Right. Couldn't believe it. Uh, I know that from every one. time I've ever spoken to you. <laughs> Uh, another one, uh, DVID22 says, Comic Book Club, will you be reviewing The Boys? Uh, we actually, we hosted a Boys premiere screening. <laughs> oh, I like how yeah. you add a little air of authority there. And it just occurred to me, because we haven't been allowed inside of the pit for months, there's still hundreds of The Boys hats stuck yeah. in the back of that Come to our live show, man. Come Would to our live show. Per person. You will walk out in a hat that says fuck soups on it right over the top. I guarantee you that you will walk out with one. <laughs> yeah, so we may not be doing a boys podcast, but we'll definitely be doing a boys hats podcast. Uh, we review the boys, same boys hat every single week. Yes, and it's we're doing that. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Now we got uh, some questions over here on Crowdcast as well, and we will come back to YouTube. Don't you worry. Uh, but this first one is from somebody with no username, but I'm going to assume it's uh, Kevin there. There we go. It just didn't pack up. Uh, the star's my destination. What's something you expected mm. to hate with a pedian passion, but wound up really liking? Ooh, now, this is, he used the code word. So I'm going to invite Kevin up on screen here. And while he's invited yes. up, we should we'll explain... explain. The, yeah. Kevin just unlocked the Starman quiz, a secret quiz. Um, we've had a Punisher quiz that Pete created for five years and didn't tell us. And then eventually someone said uh, an inane phrase. And then uh, we have quizzes all the time. Alex did one about Cypher. Um, and I'm doing one about Starman. And this is Kevin from a dystopian 1980s movie future. <laughs> Kevin, what are you dressed as this week? What are those on your hands? Hmm? Gloves. Ah, okay. Gloves. Checks out. Checks out. I am, and this might be a hint. Look Jurassic at this. You're Park. quizzing us. This is uh, the first wave. They had a Dennis Ed reaction figure. This was the Dennis uh, Ed reaction figure. Wow. Wow. That's what I call a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> deep cut. This was a costume I had wanted to put together for a couple of years before I finally did. Oh, well, I'm glad you made Looking it on good. the show. Yeah, this is amazing. Looking good, Kev. Uh, now, Justin, how do you want to run this? Kevin and, and uh, yeah, other how competitors. How do you want to run this? Yeah, Kevin and other competitors have already gotten through, I want to say, six, seven uh, questions. Yes, we are on the sixth 45? question. Okay. Um, I feel like we don't need to go back through all of them. We used to yeah. do that, but why do that? Um, so let's jump right in um, with the sixth question. Um, okay. The question is, these questions are all based on the comic book Starman that ran for about 80 issues, 81 if you count some of the special ones they did. Um, and and it's, all of the answers are within those issues. You have to, it's just deeply researched. Um, and as always, you can get a, a clue or a, a, an extra guess, basically, if you just slag off the Punisher or Cypher. Okay. Or Pete's Fresh Cut Flowers, if you're feeling it. <laughs> uh, question number six. Uh, the one mistake, what was the mistake that exposed Culp, the villain of the Grand Guignol uh, series, um, that exposed that he had replaced Shade? I'm going to say that he said uh, portrait instead of picture. 
That is correct. Wow. Nicely done. The Portrait of Dorian Gray um, is not, not the title. It's not the title. It's the picture of Dorian Gray. And what I think was happening here is James Robinson was making up for a mistake, uh, an editing mistake he had made, and making this the um, uh, big reveal later on. Um, okay, question number seven. Uh, if you're not buying Jade, what are you buying? Punisher Slippers. If you're not buying Jade, what are you buying? We. Okay. These are um, hard to I would say these are hard. You got to be a fan. You got to be looking it up. You got to be reading the issues. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's see. Last time I made fun of Punisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you can do that again. There's no reason you don't have to just do all There's Punisher. An- no, no, I want to alternate. I want to be fair. Oh. Yeah, he's trying to be fair, guys. You should look into it. To this sweet little face? Ah. This little face up here? Yes. You're going to insult my little baby boy? <laughs> That's right. I mean, because right seriously, I mean, you just look at him, you look at Ron, and it's like, she could so have done better. That's true. That's that, that hurts. Yeah, that that's hurts, deep, Kevin. That's insulting the person. Oh my god, I could feel that in my heart when you said that. Oh man, cut him off. Uh, cut him off. Uh, so this answer—it's um, a word that uh, people don't know. But here's your clue: it's equal parts. Um, it sort of sounds like one of the characters in Perfect Strangers and the um, the beverage Crystal Light. It's a combination of those words. <laughs> I'm more confused now, personally. Yeah, that's what sometimes that's what a clue does. Yeah, because I'm wondering what is Balcade. It's, uh, yeah, that's very close. Is it is? What do you think, Justin? Was your guess Balcade? Yeah, Kevin? I think that's what I'm going to have to go say. My guess was so I was Balcade. Aid, like Gatorade. Gatorade. Balcade. That is incorrect. That is incorrect, Kevin. Ooh, thank you, Kevin. Uh, thank, thank you for you coming on. on. Thank you for coming from um, 2000, the year 2006 in a movie that was made in 1986. Amazing. Thank you, Kevin. Good try. Hi, Kev. Nice to see you. Uh, wow, that was an amazing costume. Very well done. Let's jump over to this question before we move on, though. What's something you expected to hate with a PD and passion but wound up really liking Riverdale. Uh, wow. Oh, it's hard to, yeah. it's, that's a good answer. It's hard to say that Pete, since you are, that's how you live everything. <laughs> that's how I live that all, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You live your life a quarter Pete at a time. <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know this is, I'm only thinking this because this is going to be one of our next questions, but venom, maybe like, I expected going in being like I this. I don't care what anybody wow. says. This is going to be absolute trash and not fun. And I had a blast watching that bonkers, insane movie. It's not good, but I had no, a fun watching. I was going to say this is a tricky question because um, I mean I, I don't think I I don't think I hate anything with a PD and passion. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think, especially not something that I end up being like that was good. Um, I guess maybe, I mean, if anything, it would be like the, some of the Punisher stories that we've read over the years. Ooh, nice. Twist. 
Man, Salvin, I keep waiting for this magical knock at the door that hasn't come yet and is driving I me crazy. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No no judgment. It feels like maybe um, the Zoom was a little complicated. Yeah, probably was, but maybe they'll figure something out. We'll see what happens. Um, all right. Good question, Kevin. Uh, moving over here. This is uh, from Christian Becker. Thoughts on Venom 2's title officially being Venom, Let There Be Cartage. Yeah, uh, this was definitely. announced earlier today. They moved the release date of it to 2021. Shockingly, it's not going to come out this fall. They're not going to be able to finish Venom 2, hmm. which, which is a big mistake, man. I mean, there's a lot of hype behind this movie. Pushing it back is not a good idea. Release it online so we can watch it at home, man. The people want no, their back. I haven't finished yeah, shooting it. It's done yet. It's no, 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 guys. I, no, trust me. I know. It's all shot. It's ready to go. Don't push it back. I think, just based on your tone and the way you're talking right now, I think those are poppy flowers, Pete, and you're slowly falling asleep. But I could be wrong. Uh, Okay, I mean, uh, all the rest of the vent heads out there are pretty psyched for it. Um, uh, Let there be carnage is a weird number. It's like, why is it a phrase? (laughs) They could have just called it carnage. Uh, Let there be carnage. Maximum carnage or something like that. Like what is the reference? Let there be light, or let let them eat cake, yep. let mm. them be carnage. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. That first movie was bonkers. All I want is the second movie to be bonkers. I don't think it will be in the same way. Hey, you never know. You never just know. Just because they're like they're on to it now. Like they're on to like oh okay we we get the joke. So they're going to lead into it. I worry about a little too much. Uh, when I mean, it was Woody just Harrelson is bonkers. He is. He's bonkers, in this. I mean we. It could work out nice. All right. Well, it could be real nice. Uh, Oh, there's my Italian accent. (laughs) Here we go. Beautiful. Uh, This is from Joe Crack. What would Starman, Cypher, and Punisher's favorite craft beers breweries be? Oh, that's probably a good time to bring up what we're drinking tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I could start. I'm still working through my Southern Tier variety pack. Drinking a uh, Southern Tier live session. Ooh, session live well. session? It's so real. Yeah, that's, nice. that's why I chose it. Chose uh, it. That's um, why I chose it. I'm drinking um, I'm drinking Peaks um, live stream with your friends about comics beer. That's oh, really weird. Oh, that's a really weird coincidence. Uh, no, it's uh, a oh, Fresh God. Cut by Peak. Love this beer. Fresh Saw it in the store. Got it. <laughs> uh, Pete, what are you drinking? Just the flowers, the juice straight from the bottom of the yeah. vase? I'm drinking oh. Dock Street, which is a brewery here in Philly, uh, and it's the 2017 <laughs> bronze winner, Man Full of Trouble Porter. Nice. Wow. Uh, Starman Cypher and Punisher's favorite craft beers breweries be. Um, I feel like Cypher would probably be really into some obscure German beer from the Highlands yeah. somewhere, right? Uh, into the highlands of Germany? <laughs> yeah, sure. Is that a thing? <laughs> no, no. I decided it started coming out of my mouth, and I just kind of ro- rolled with it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Maybe the highlands of Scotland you're thinking of. And perhaps sure. you're thinking of scotch. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I mean, I feel like like delirium tremens or whatever uh, would be a good one for your, for your man, Cypher. Yes. Um, yeah, he, that's true. He'd probably be like, "Have you heard of Delirium Tremens?" And people would be like, "Yeah, I know." Yeah, like, know. Probably it's got a lot of alcohol, buddy. 
he'd probably be into wine coolers because he's a ridiculous person. Wow. Yeah. What about the Punisher? What would the Punisher drink, Pete? Also wine coolers? No, he would like probably strawberry just... breeze. <laughs> I'll have one white claw, please. Put it on I, ice. I think people don't he just sits down and goes, Give me a beer, and they're too at they're too scared to follow up, so it's just like, you know, Budweiser or something. They're too scared to follow up? Like Yeah, they're too scared to be like, what kind? Because he'd shoot them. So I'll tell you what, like, this wasn't the question, but I bet Wolverine would drink White Claw. <laughs> Good. Hot Claw. He drinks a hot White Claw. called. Uh, <laughs> he boils it up. Gets a yeah, nice uh, nothing better than a hot White Claw, right, Pete? And that, oh, basting yeah. in that Philly heat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what about Starman? What would Starman drink? Uh, Starman, that's a tough one um, because I'm trying to think of a good space beer or a uh, like a cosmic beer. Um, I'm gonna go with um, also though he no actually I'll take I'll take that back. He's a big into um, antiques uh, and uh, all that stuff, so I, he would drink a uh, Black Label or um, Old Vienna Classic. Mm. Uh, sort of tiny brewery. It's not what was before craft beer was a thing, but like an off brewery um, that sort of has vanished. Uh, one of the comments over here on YouTube, pumpkin ales, or I actually beer cat PhD says Elysian space dust, which I think is pretty good. Oh, that's a good I one. I like yeah. that. That works. Uh, Excellent. All right. Uh, good question. Uh, we got another one over here from Pete's Punisher Slippers. How do you see the comic book club live show and its many spinoffs changing going forward? If all I'll miss oh, these man. very interactive shows for sure. Wow. This yeah. is good. We haven't really had a conversation about it at no better no. time than on our live show. So yeah, let's uh, work it out and make some hard decisions. <laughs> yeah. Let's really talk about it. Um, uh, these are great. I love doing these. Yeah. Uh, and they're certainly a lot of fun. I think I miss doing live shows. I mean, not to get too dark about it, but like there was some bad news about New York comedy theaters today uh, with UCB shutting down. We haven't, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, everything is okay with the pit, uh, but it's going to be a rough time for performing venues for a while going forward. So we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, go ahead, Pete. I, I uh, yeah, I hope we're not locked in here. I mean, this is fun. It's a great way to kind of like, uh, still feel like a part of uh, stuff, but like uh, I'm going to need to get on a stage or something soon because I'm losing my fucking mind over here. Um, <laughs> you got to get on a stage and face upstage and not look at the audience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, need, I need some reason to put pants on, man. This is getting weird. I'll text you in the morning every day and say, Pete, please put pants on. Just for the, for the flowers sake. Don't let those flowers see you nude. Yeah, because we're all picturing you completely bottomless. Um, I think though, like we obviously we do love doing this live in front of an audience, but I also think in some uh, capacity we should continue doing this because we love this and this yeah. is a great way to interact with so many other people and it's so fun to just um, uh, be together on here in different environments. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I mean, at least in New York, things are going to be, quote, unquote, on pause until the middle of May, probably longer, let's be honest. Um, so we're we're going to kind of take it week by week. At this point, we have a couple of shows and guests booked out for a little while. Um, 
through this, through doing this virtually. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, by the way, it probably doesn't matter since you're listening to it or wherever, but certainly if you can come and hang out and watch live either on YouTube or Crowdcast, because yeah, we love this. Uh, like Justin said, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll see what happens week by week. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Well, for Justin says. That's, yeah. the, that's the motto of the show. It's what Justin says and um, organize your emails or whatever Alex said at the top of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one is from First Hand Up, the Border Collie. If you can, can you pinpoint a moment or issue where you fell in love with comics? Oh, Ooh, that's easy. Mm. That's easy. Mm. That's, I and, mean, uh, for my, just like the first comics I ever got, um, were in our stocking um, when I was, I don't remember how old, probably like 12 or something. I was going to say eight, but uh, wow. All right. Um, I, I really don't remember, but um, I pulled it out and it was an Atlantis attacks issue of uh, the Avengers, I think. And I was just like, I have such a vivid memory of being like, whoa, this is like our action figures, but we don't have to make up what they're doing. <laughs> and so I was like, from that point on, I bought the comics all the time. Wow. Pete, what about you? Um, It was uh, the first time I got to pick something out of a spinner rack. I've talked about this before. I picked, um, it was a a Spider-Man issue, and it was like, uh, it looked like it was like Michael Jackson on the cover, and he was standing like on top of a a chopper, not like standing on top of it, but standing like he was going to ride it off. Um, and then a uh, Captain America issue where Captain America was screaming. I had uh, two Uzis in his hands. Um, and I was just like, what is this? This isn't mad magazine. This isn't like uh, anything that I was kind of really aware of. And then that kind of blew my mind. And then the first time I went into a comic book shop, um, I got Teenage Mutant Eastman and Laird Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that was it. And I was like, I must have every single issue of this. Um, there were yeah. there are a couple of different times for me I, that I can think of, but one just kind of pertinent to where we are right now. Uh, when I was, I don't remember how old I was exactly, but probably eight. Mom, uh, probably eight. Yes, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> my mom is and was a children's book author, and one of her happy birthday, was, mom. Yeah, happy birthday. Uh, happy where birthday. are you? <laughs> Mom. <laughs> uh, she uh, she taught a class at uh, School of Visual Arts here in New York City, and one of her students was working at Marvel Comics, and she said, oh, my son's into comics. She's never really gotten comics. And he was like, oh, bring, bring him by the office. And I got to go by the office, and I remember I walked around the Marvel Comics office, and I don't remember whose office it was, but it was one of the editors at the time, had a box on the floor, and he was like, oh, yeah, just... Go through, take whatever you want. And this is uh, like that wow. blew my mind. That was, I can't believe that I get to take whatever comics I want from Marvel Comics. And some of them are like right back here in this uh, bookcase right now. I got uh, an Iron Man graphic novel, a Spider Man graphic novel, grabbed a couple of other It wasn't books. single issues, it was trades. Yeah. I, can, I love that. I love that, especially because it's like going into a kid version of going to bank and a banker being like, yeah, go ahead in the safe and take whatever you want. <laughs> Get out of here, you scam. <laughs> uh, so that's great. Uh, great, great question. Um, 
Here we go. I'm going to go over to YouTube for a second. Uh, There's a comment from Scott Carpenter. I wanted to thank you for getting me to read comics again. Read a lot of popular trades, but didn't read comics for 10 years until Dark Knight's Metal and finding your past trying to learn more. That's amazing. Uh, Thank you, Scott. And then he follows up with a question that Pete is not going to like. Cyclops is my favorite X-Men. Yeah. Hold on. This is going to turn out okay. Just hang with it, Pete. Uh, Cyclops is my favorite X-Men because his name is Scott, like mine. What's your favorite character that shares your name? Ooh, tough. Yeah. Is there a Pete Pete and Alex are good comic names. I mean, I can tell you, I feel like I just talked about this a couple of weeks back on the show, but there was a character named Alex that was in this issue of Spider-Man um, where he was in a one-off issue, and eventually they brought him back like 20 years later. But it was a one-off issue. He was abused by his dad. It was this very heartfelt, heart-rending issue. And he ended up getting hit with like a ray or something or whatever like that and got disintegrating powers and ended up disintegrating his dad when a dad went to hit him. And his Whoa. name was Alex. And that like really stuck with me not because my well not because my circumstances were similar to that character whatsoever but there was something about reading that book and being like oh shit that's an alex who's going through it and they treated him he was just like a normal kid who met spider-man and got powers and that was something that just got me right there yeah that's intense what what pete what's the pete pete uh i don't know i mean like uh i never really like peter parker i never was smart enough to be him uh but i always felt close to spider ham uh he felt like a little bit more my so speed peter, peter parker. parker yeah uh why is her and and uh over on youtube says pete's must be pace pot pete is that uh is that accurate pace pot no. pete really identify with him because you're Could always pete, sticky not, you had a pace pot for years that you would carry around you brought it to the show you can paste pot. Oh, man. Nothing like eating paste right from the pot. Yeah, exactly. That's why you love Subway sandwiches so much, because they taste like paste. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 90% their, paste. Let's be honest. Yeah. I think their slogan is, eat fresh, it tastes like paste, and they they shortened it. Uh, <laughs> Justin, do you have a, do you have a comic the character only, named Justin? The only Justin I can think of is... Uh, Sir Justin, I think, is Shining Knight over in the DC uh, universe. Justin Hammer, that's what I'm saying. Joe Justin Hammer, yeah, uh, but he's not a fun person. <laughs> um, though, let me What's say who I, there was uh, when I was reading Legionnaires when I was a kid. Um, the uh, the run that kicked off right around zero hour. Um, I felt like I looked like Mad Reader Lad, and so I very much identified with that. Nice. I love eat. I eat matter almost exclusively. Smart. Uh, nice. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pop this up here. This next thing. Pop it up. I don't pop know if up. this is gonna be. Bump I don't know it. what you think about this, but this is from a first-hand up guy. He says this starts my destinations. What are we thinking about that? <laughs> what an asshole. Pop it up. Pop it Does up. He, does he get to do the quiz or is he purposefully getting it wrong? A one hundred percent definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, doesn't count. It doesn't check, count. Check and see if he can um uh name it correctly. Oh, okay. Hey, what do you uh, mean by pop it up? 
What are you talking about? He's well, saying should I, it up to the we'll top see. of the list. All right, fine. But let's bring him in. We'll bring him in. We'll see if he can. No, people are saying it doesn't count. So who's in charge? Who's the star of this quiz? Uh, great question. Starman. <laughs> who's the starman of this quiz? Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. I just uh, I just invited him in. Let's this guy's see. on the show every week. I mean, what are we doing here? Uh, Kevin says Nat's leading into his role as the heel of CBC. I think that's <laughs> pretty accurate. Uh, yeah. Nat, I just invited you in. If you want to come in, if you want to do this, he's, he's got to get a, a pot full of uh, catcher's mitts ready to. For, he's yeah. trying. Oh, I'm yeah, very he's excited to see what technically totally fucks up this week. That'll be fun to see. <laughs> yeah, let's maybe we'll get a tour of another one of his rooms, like we saw his kitchen. Yeah. And, uh, how about this? Uh, we can answer his question while we're waiting for him since it'll yes. take a while. Uh, what are your other favorite stories, Elseworlds, et cetera, that place modern heroes in a historical context? Uh, great question. Um, someone mentioned this in the comments earlier, but it's, it's one I talk about a lot. The uh, Batman Elseworlds with Leatherwing, where he was a pirate is great. Mm-hmm. Um, from the, um, the year, the annual year they did where every story was an Elseworlds story. Um, that one was great. There was another uh, that year where Batman, Batman was an Italian poster. Oh, oh, God. What's happening? Always a nightmare. Matt, what are you doing? <laughs> Something horrible's happened. You truly are trolling us in a way that we never thought. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, I think it's working. Yeah. Hey, Nat, welcome on the show. What kind of brisket are you cooking? No, I got no sound. I can't hear you guys now. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. All right. That's, you know what? Get out of here, Nat. We don't want you. I'm kicking you out. Failed. No sound. Great to see you, buddy. I got no sound. Bye bye. Uh, Oh, man. Yeah, there we go. Kicked him out. Uh, It's good to see him. It, it is. is fun. Some of the uh, beer cat PhD says Nat struggle with tech. Tech is an emerging favorite segment of the show. <laughs> it's almost like a punch in the gut. Any, every time it comes on the show and uh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, to answer the question, I uh, first one that came to mind just because he said pirates is the thing is a pirate uh, just because uh, yeah. they did that originally in fantastic four. And then they brought it back for the thing series. Uh, and it's just, it's such a fun place to throw the thing and put him in and make him he's blackbeard right in that context yeah. uh, and it's just very enjoyable Pete, that was in the, main one? Continuity. the main yeah. Yeah. main marvel continuity yeah uh spawn the dark ages mm. nice cool. <laughs> uh <laughs> great no stopper right there all right yeah. here we go this is from uh joe crack the stars my destination considering many people have a character they hate what would need to be done with that character for you to give them another chance Okay, we are going to invite Joe Crack into oh, the stream the to try and complete the Starman quiz. Um, yes, thank you, Nat, so much. Hello, welcome back. Nice solo shirt. Welcome back to Joe Crack. All right, for the Starman quiz, I think we're going to pick up with the right last where question, we left right? off. Yeah, um, we've already explained it. No need to re-explain. If you're not buying Jade, what are you buying? To Joe Crack. And I can answer then get, go for a clue? Yes, yeah. that's how it works. All right. So Jade is Jenny Lynn Hayden. Um, oh, interesting. So that's like all I could think of. And I know she's in an issue, but. 
Wow. Uh, this, you're, this is well-researched. Uh, <laughs> but let me say right now, that is not what I'm talking about. I figured, um, enjoy. All right. Uh, uh, so, a balkite? Um, I mean, that is, it's very, very close. <laughs> very, very close. Um, um, so let me get in real close. Cause remember, it's all about hard eye contact when you're cheating on the talk. Real two low. Favorite yeah. And I just want to remind you, if you're going to insult Cypher, he's right there. He's right there on the couch. It's impossible. And so it's, it's impossible. And so it's, it's like insulting a baby. There's nothing there. You just feel bad afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, Joe, Joe Crack is very good at this. <laughs> Talk about a skill. Do you have another uh do you have another clue there, Justin? Um sure, sure, sure. Um I can tell you that this is in the um clim- one of the climax moments in the very first story arc of this of the Starman series. It's uh takes place in Jack Knight's Times Past Antique Store. Ooh. Actually, sorry, that's actually not the name of the antique store. It becomes Times Past later, I think. Uh, but it's his antique store that he has before uh, before it's burned down. Mm. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. So. <laughs> well done. Well, very hard. <laughs> All right. We'll all do our research and come back next week. Thank you so much for playing. Bye, Joe See you Craig. next time. Bye bye. Uh, all right, let's just over to these quizzes are like giving out a homework assignment every week. And <laughs> it really, you asked us off camera before we got it. You're like, is this too hard? And I think the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Why you said no before? <laughs> I know I was wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, considering that right. people have a character, Joe Crack says in the comments, "I'm reading more Starman and I like it." And isn't that the point? Isn't yeah, that the go. point? Uh, considering many people have a character they hate, what would need to be done with that character for you to give them another chance? Mm. Well, I think the beauty of comics is that as soon as a new writer takes over, um, that can, uh, and, or an artist that can really change it up. Like, um, when I was, when I, I feel like young readers and when I was young, I was always like following the heroes. And then later, once, uh, you sort of well, like, when you were eight, story, when you were eight years old, what is it with eight years old? Is that a big moment for you when you were eight? This seems like an important time. <laughs> I think the answer is yes. I think yeah. you'd say yes. But. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like then you eventually start following writers, and no matter what um, a, a different writer gets on a different character, it's like, ah, oh, this is interesting. This is great. I'm curious how this is going to turn out. Uh, yeah. Pete, thoughts? I think Justin said it best, you know. Wow! Holy shit! Let's clip that and uh, put it on <laughs> yeah, my that's ass. it for our show. Thanks so much, everybody. Put that on we my finally grapes, did it. Uh, here's what uh, this is an interesting one from uh, over on YouTube. Wait, we didn't uh, name any. Char- we didn't name the characters. Oh, we, we didn't name the characters. Or anything <laughs> we didn't like remotely. We just skipped right by it. Yeah. Uh, character I don't like. I, that I think you are right. Like that's the thing. Like the Punisher. Sorry, Pete. I don't really oh, like the God. Punisher, but I've read so many good Punisher runs. That when like you read Garth Edison's Punisher backs, that's a good story. So it doesn't matter yeah, whether right. I'm not interested in seeing the Punisher show up in the main Marvel continuity or what Matt Rosenberg did recently on the Punisher, uh, putting him into the superhero stories that worked really well as well. So there you go. Yeah, yeah I think the, it's the problem I have is it's uh, it's fun to hate uh, certain characters, you know, Um it's fun to hate Cyclops because, you know, he's awful. 
Um, and uh, if they, you know, kind of took that away from me, you know, what, what do you have anymore? You know what I mean? Like if you had a, or someone who was actually a good leader or cared about his team or, you know, just didn't follow orders that somebody from a wheelchair barked at him, you know, like, I think it's important to have kind of that person on the team that you don't like. Cause then the rest of the team can bond over like, Hey, Cyclops is a douche. Right. And everybody's like, yeah, now everybody's closer because of that asshole. You know what I mean? So hey, I feel like you're being, you're being paid by an anti-Cyclops political action group <laughs> to do this. You bring him up out of nowhere every week to just go after for no unrelated. Your basic point there was like, it's good to have an asshole around because everyone else looks nice. yep um do you think there is an organization out there that would pay me i mean because that would be (laughs) fun if i could make money dc comics dc slam well uh, pete who's an artist who's a writer artist that could come on to an x-men book or even a cyclops standalone book that would make you give it a look just i mean there are a lot it's just one uh, there would be yeah. a lot of I would be very interested in a lot of different people's takes on him. Um, uh, but it would be weird to me or almost not feel like Cyclops if they made him not a dick. You know what I mean? So it's kind of it's tough. You know, it would be interesting. I would be very impressed if someone could write a Cyclops book and I'd be like, you know what? I like Cyclops. Now. Here's my pr- here's my promise to you, Pete. Last week I got the assignment. Yeah, Greg to- Pak would be. Yeah. Greg Pak. Uh, here's a. I gave myself the assignment to grow a mustache and look how successful I was. And yep. I, I'm going to give myself the assignment. And Alex, if you want to, um, sure. I will come up with a, a pitch for Cyclops that I think that I'm going to try for you to like. Ooh, wow. I like this assignment. All right. We'll definitely yeah. do this next week. And I, I can't wait to see uh, the difference next week uh, with your mustache now versus then, because right now you say mustache and I see maybe a shadow, but yeah. I can't wait I mean, to see I am what it looks base- like. Yeah, I I'm going to shave this the second this camera turns off. Yeah. Oh, what? Really? Um, I can't for longer. I, well, I'm going to shave it down like, just a little bit on the sides there. Leave the part in the middle, right? Yeah. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. I would uh, love to see you with a Tom Selleck mustache. I think you could pull it off. Uh, I think I could if I really committed to it, but I can't. This is not <laughs> Why not? Time. We're fucking locked indoors. Why not have some fun? <laughs> Yeah, um, is patient. growing a mustache fun? Is that fun? Because it just for no. me it gets itchy. It, no, it's, it's very itchy. Be fun. A little mm. flavor saver. Come on. Oh, gross. Oh. That was the grossest thing you've ever said. Azar Abdullah Comic TV says comic story arc that are always on your pull list or reread list. Um, I, I can start that off. Uh, the Flash is one of those characters that I read oh, every issue, even if I don't love the run. Like, I just, I keep reading it. Wow. I don't know what. Pete, I assume the Punisher for you? Punisher, definitely. Uh, anything Wolverine. Um, you know, I definitely, uh, Spider-Man still always on my pull list. Um, yeah, I really, mean, there's... The current, run, the current run that you don't really like. Yeah, I mean, I keep waiting for them to put it back. You know, one of these days, they're going to put it back, and it's going to be glorious. <laughs> Uh, Hold Is there one for you? Is there a title you always read? Hulk I'm also. trying to think what consistently I've picked up, uh, even without, uh, no matter who's writing it. And I feel like it might be Batman. 
which is weird because I'm not, I'm not like mm. a crazy bat fan, uh, dude, but that is one that I'm like, well, I got to see what's going on with Batman. <laughs> yeah. I agree yeah. with you. What's up with him. Is he going to get over his parents this time? Hope so. Can't uh, wait. Uh, this is a question from B. Sinison. Uh, I did one of those creators for comics auctions and won a mm-hmm. Skype session with a famous comic creator. Oh, Any wow. tips for making that not awkward? Oh, First wow. of all, congratulations. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this was a amazing, amazing thing that happened over the past week. Uh, Sam Humphreys, Brian Michael Bendis, and a couple of other folks, uh, Phil Jimenez, I think, as well, uh, put together a bunch of online auctions uh, to help people in need during this time. They did them through Twitter, and they had very cool things like a Skype one-on-one section. Uh, they also, uh, Chip Zdarsky offered to write an erotic uh, story about you, uh, things like that. So uh, there's ludicrous things. There's awesome things. There were just uh, packs of comics. Uh, Jay, if you feel comfortable saying the comics, I'm very cu- comments, I'm very curious who uh, you're talking to because we might have some specific tips there. But yeah. do you guys have any general tips for a it- Skype one-on-one session? I find it uh, if whatever their project is, like uh, uh, starting with your connection with that, like I really love this thing that you did and kind of like uh, start from there because that kind of puts somebody at ease. Like, okay, I'm that person's not going to come at me or at least you know a little bit about where they stand kind of helps open them up for the rest of the kind of time that you're talking with them. Yeah, uh, and, so uh, we, if you don't mind yeah. this reading... Yeah. Go for it. Uh, Jay says, uh, James Asmus, writer of Quantum and Woody. So first thing you could say is we say hi, if you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we know him pretty well. He was a comedy person before he became a comic book writer uh, yeah. for many years. Um, very nice guy. Yeah, seriously nice. Yeah, so I think he's going to make it fun and easy for you. That's the first thing, because he knows you're probably going to be nervous coming in. Second thing is, think about things that you actually want to know. Like, you don't need to put on a performance for him or anything like that. Just write down a bunch of questions of things that you're actually curious about, things that you want to know about, learn about, uh, potential follow-up questions. Like, you don't need to read off a script or anything like that. But frankly, I mean, we've done hundreds if not thousands of interviews at this point and i still find it very helpful to before i do an interview to write down a bunch of questions just so i can organize them in my head and i find that i come up with other questions when i'm writing down the questions and then i usually don't refer to them at all i just have a conversation yeah. with the person but it helps get that concrete in there a little bit yes yeah, same, sort of same answer for me like having the there's like working on your head like oh i want to talk about um, Quantum and Woody. I want to talk about like um, how you got into comics, what he did before, what other stuff he's working on now. Like, have that list of things, and then throw it all away and just have a conversation because you'll naturally just come back to those questions because they're already in your head. Also, like uh, asking them their favorite thing about you know creating the comic is always cool because it's like. Um, you know, so you would assume like some people like it's got to be crazy when you hand a script and you get art back and you get to see words turn into images. But it's interesting to see like what their favorite part of the process is. Um, and that's always a good question to kind of get them talking about something that they do a lot of and kind of like what they like. So that's also a good one as well. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to you guys because I saw this comment. Make sure you're actually listening and not just planning your next question. 
uh, no, from first down. Very true. But I don't know what Alex repeat, said, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you could repeat what you just said, that would be great. No problem. <laughs> We just had a long five-minute pause, Alex, waiting for you. Uh, uh, great. There you go. Good luck with that. Have so much fun. Uh, yeah, I hope to, it goes great. Uh, wrap up questions, but I, I want to see if there's any other quick ones that we can do here. Uh, we have another uh, business question from Eduardo Martinez, uh, who says, I have a question about the show itself. I think I started listening around 2015 or 2016. I think you just had the live show then. So I'm wondering, when did you start doing all the other podcasts about TV shows and who had the idea to start doing so? Uh, it's always <laughs> fucking Zelda. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. What are you? You're Sorry. Here. I'm not forcing you to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Pete constantly. So uh, Pete constantly is like, oh, I had to fucking read and watch all this stuff. Why are you making yeah. me do this? Like I held him down, forced him to do these fun things that we do. <laughs> the only time we ever held Pete down was we had to uh, show him Krypton with one of the taped eyes. <laughs> uh, Riverdale was the first one, right? And uh, yes, I believe so. Um, yeah, and that was mostly because I had gotten some screeners for the first, I want to say, three or four episodes of the first season. And it just felt like it was such a ridiculous thing to do a dark take on Archie Comics that it'd be fun to experiment with that. And now we do uh, 30 of them. <laughs> yeah. And it is fun. Yes. Right, sure it is. Oh, yeah. Wow, <laughs> help, help me. Uh, uh, eventually, reviewing, recapping, and reviewing all sorts of things, uh, people's lives, um, my the pet anniversary that's happening over oh, here. Yeah, right. Um, we'll recap and review that. Pip, don't slip. Uh, I do have one more here before we wrap up, just because I think it's a good. Uh, and I know there's a lot of questions we're not getting to, but uh, sorry about that. Is, uh, yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, we're just uh, running real long, which is fun. Uh, Pablo G. Martinez says, what do you think of DC using two distributors instead of Diamond? So for those of you who aren't familiar with this, uh, what's currently going on in this simplified version is uh, DC has decided, you know what? We are going to start putting out books because yeah. beyond the shops, we also have an obligation to the fans. We have an obligation to our writers and our artists. So basically what they're doing is the books that didn't come out on April 1st, they're tearing them out around five issues ish or so a week, as well as some archive issues. They're still doing digital issues that they're putting out. Um, but a lot of this is catch up as they hope to eventually get back open. Uh, so the, they aren't putting them out through diamond since diamond is still open. Instead, there's actually a distribution arm of Midtown comics uh, who has been nice enough to sponsor the show. <laughs> <laughs> They've been nice enough to sponsor this industry. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, and another one that I'm uh, forgetting exactly who's behind it, but they service a couple of uh, a very smaller range of stores. So these stores that are still doing curbside delivery are going to put out the issues, but also this is going to allow them to put up the issues digitally on uh, DC and on Comixology and other places. So what's your take on it? Do you, we've been talking about this a lot. Do you think this is a good idea? Are you concerned about it? What it means? Thoughts? Uh, I think it's great um, that they're releasing comics and shaking up the distribution uh, model because I, I don't know too much about this, but um, I do know that Diamond is seen by a lot of people in the industry as a monopoly and a, a, a company that has sort of an uh, bottleneck effect on 
so many so much of the comics in the industry so the idea that's going to shake up a little bit and maybe change um how we get comics what comics we actually get and maybe give other people a shot at making comics yeah yeah i mean it's tough uh we, I don't want to fuck over any of the stores, but at the same time, people want comics and we, we got to keep artists and writers employed. So, yeah, for the time being, if we can just kind of go around uh, people and get things done and then, you know, hopefully open shit back up and then be able to get back to a place where we can go into comic book shops again and judge people for their choices and then kind of get on with our lives, you know. Yeah, I mean, things are going to change no matter what. Like, this is not going to be the same system coming out that it was going in, to both of your points. And so this is a nice half step, is what it feels like. It doesn't say, like, no, fuck Diamond, we're doing something totally different. It says, listen, we're taking the things that were already there, that we were already making, and we're putting them out so people can actually read them and enjoy them. And I do think... For better or for worse, if this goes on for a while, the next step is going to be to widen that distribution. Um, and that will be doing an end run around Diamond, but uh, one thing at a time, and we'll have to see what happens. All right. And that is it for your audience questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it is time for trivia. And for that, I'm going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. Pete it looks LePage. like first hand up guy is the first hand up guy. Oh, oh great. man. Wow. Oh, there we go. Uh, uh, no do you want to anybody else other than first hand up guy who has to leave for a musical improv theater show and couldn't figure out his tech the no, last time? I think he's no. bullshitting about the musical improv show. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you want to, you want to let him in or somebody else? Yeah, what do you yeah. want, Pete? Yeah. First hand up in. guy? Let's let him in. Pete's right. very, he's very, he sticks to his guns when it's first hand up guy. No matter, yeah, for, first hand up. Doesn't matter. You know that's is. still Nat. That's still Nat, right? Oh man, I didn't. <laughs> you didn't <realize> <laughs> no, I <I'm> not. <laughs> hey, finger yeah. guns, McGillicuddy. You're down. Can you hear us now, Pete? I can hear you guys. Is that? Yeah, yeah Pablo says why not? I, I think it's my my winning charm and charisma. Oh, Alex, it's good you ask. I'm sautéing some cabbage. I'm making cabbage and dumplings, Siberian style. Oh, cool! Great. Great. Is this is this the Yeah, you're echoing us, Pete. I keep calling you Pete. You mean that? Matt, Matt, I do I need that, but this but echo, echo is very distracting. Uh, is, it, is it my fault, you think? Yes. 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 <laughs> I don't know. You keep saying Pete, though, is the thing. <laughs> Why did I pick him? I mean, honestly, I'm surprised. His hand is up Yeah. Where are you going? Are you getting headphones? Yeah, I just got them. Nice. nice. Are you going to leave all this audio in for the podcast version too? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Okay. Good. All right. All right. Yeah. Matt. Matt. Yeah. You there? You there? I'm. Uh, I'm still here. Okay. Did you put okay, in, you in your headphones? Yeah. You're still echoing. 
I'm still echoing. I don't think that's possible. Alex. Plug it in. Plug it in. Yeah. 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 I can't. Alex. You're out of here. You're out of here. You're out of here, Dad. <laughs> that guy. What a psychopath. <laughs> he started doing a cooking segment, echoing like crazy. About right, I'll tell you what, I'm going to bring in Pablo Martinez. What do you think about that? He, uh, he put up his hand pretty quickly. I'm just going to call an executive decision here and bring him on in. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> yeah, you're oh cracking up in the middle of it. Honestly, I think Nat's the star of trivia. I can't believe I I'm saying so. I think that has become true. That's uh, great. Wow, Pete, are you ready to do some trivia? You got some trivia all queued up here? Yep. Is the camera getting closer to you? Because yeah, what are you doing? Less and less of you all the time. It is crazy. I can't sit still. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, you're just, it's the flowers again. I think the flowers are doing it. Yeah. Eventually, we're, the camera's going to be inside Pete's brain, and we're going to finally see what's going on in there. Yeah, so Pablo, we have, uh, we have invited you onto the screen. Nope, he left. Uh, this is just not working. <laughs> well, well is what there a disaster. We- is there oh, wait, anyone who's accepted and connecting? Hold on. Here we go. Thank is. you, everybody listening to the audio podcast for sticking with this very fun part of the show. Yeah. It's worth every second. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, how are you guys doing on your beers? I, I finished off my beer, but I'm... Uh, oh, yeah. Finished. I'm going to pop yeah. another one over here. You going to pop wow. one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, there Oh, Pablo doesn't have a camera or a mic. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That's that's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, that's oh, Joe Crack put his hand up. Okay, hold on. Wow. Joe. Uh, Joe Crack, we're inviting back in? Or do you want to bring anybody else in, Pete? Well, it's, he said hand. He put a hand up. All right. There we go. Wow, this is this is yeah, great. This is, yeah. uh, this is fun. It's crazy. <laughs> this is a good time. Ah, oh, hello again. Hey, wow, thanks for it. Yeah, there we go. P, I'm going to let Pete take this away. All right, here we go. As you know, uh, today's trivia is on topical comic news. I'm going to read you a question, listen to all three possible answers, get all three questions right. $25 will be yours. Uh, here we go. Question number one. Jimmy Palmiotti and Dave Johnson are doing a Kickstarter project about twin brothers, soda, hitmen, and a bunch of other crazy stuff. What is the project called? Is it A, Pop Kill, B, Bro Pro No Go, or is it C, Yakov Smirnoff? So it's either A, or you could be completely wrong. All right. Uh, I think I'll go with A. A is correct. Here we nice. go. Question number two. DC is launching a free digital promotion offering first issues on some of its perennial stories called blank. Is it A, DC free reads, B, DC essential reads, or is it C, Rosetta Lenore? So you could pick A or you could pick B. Uh, let's go with B. Like B specific. is correct. Nice. Essential reads, first issues for free. Here we go. Last one. 
on April 30th, who will be sitting in a Zoom conference with five lucky fans for 40 minutes and all the proceeds going to the Hero Initiative and Creators for Comics. Is it A, Mark Wade, B, Greg Pak, or is it C, Maria Conchita Alonzo? So it's either A, Mark Wade, and $25 will be yours, or you could be completely wrong. All right, let's go. Let's go with A again. I like a you ABA. You are correct. Yes, and Kevin. In the chat is correct. It's Moscow on the Hudson. This is the third answers. Our celebrities in a Robin Williams movie. You really need to establish that, Pete. Uh, Joe Crack, send us your information to Comic Book Club Live at gmail.com and we will get you a twenty-five dollar gift certificate to Midtown Comics to use online safely. Congratulations. Nice. All right. So uh, real quick, um, Alex. So Pete, when you do a quiz, you give a lot of clues in in them. In the right, middle. right. Yeah. Interesting. See, yeah, that easier. way we don't have to keep inviting people and dragging it out. You know what I mean? Like it's you know. We just spent the twenty minutes on that, Pete. <laughs> Uh, also, I realized I was thinking about it while you're doing the quiz. I realized the reason I kept calling Nat Pete when his audio was going crazy was because I was frustrated, and my natural reaction <laughs> was to yell Pete, somebody that I was frustrated wow. at. Wow, Pavlov's uh, dog over here. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but don't worry, Pete. Uh, you and I are cool. Right? <laughs> well, see, whenever I see someone who's like super cool on a skateboard, I'm like Pete, and I'm like, oh, it's not Pete; it's just a regular cool person. <laughs> it's just a regular kid on a skateboard versus oh, this kid. Yeah, Pete. every time I see someone with their hat backwards, I'm like JT Sis. That's right. Look, yeah, no hat backwards down here, just fresh stash <laughs> comic book. Come on, man, here. grow it out for another week. Let's see what happens. <laughs> what do you Let's see what do? happens. Yeah, what do you got going on? You don't got no camera appearances, nothing. Come on, man. We Come are on. literally on camera right now, Pete. We are literally doing an on-camera appearance as we speak. This isn't real camera. This is like, you know. Well, is that why you're I, all the way you, Yeah, right exactly. Now. You think it's not a real camera, and that's the way you <laughs> Uh, All right. A couple of things to plug before we go and before we wrap up here. Uh, We are going to be doing the show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. live to the Internet. Uh, Next week on the show, we're going to have two guests. We're going to have Ahmed Amin, the creator of an Indiegogo project called The Epics of Enkidu. And we're also going to have Archie Comics' Alex Segura, one of our favorite uh, guests on the show. He's going to be here for the stack section uh, talking about some classic X-Factor issues from Louise Simonson's run. Uh, so very excited about that. Uh, also, our stack podcast, as comics continue to not be out, uh, be put out, has been a throwback stack. You guys voted for it on Twitter, and we are going to be talking about uh, Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life. There you yeah. go. Uh, very excited. So look for that Wednesday in the stack feed. Also, Riverdale After Dark, our Riverdale podcast is ongoing. Katie Keencast, our Katie Keencast is ongoing. So definitely check those out. Also, Star Guys, our Stargirl podcast is going on. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen. Also on iTunes, please leave a comment. We Appreciate that. Comic book club at live.com for this podcast and many more. And we will see you next time. Yes,
you next week. Thanks, guys.